Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome to Polygamy, What Love Is This? I'm your host, Doris Hansen. We're glad that you're with us, and we want you to know that we call our show What Love Is This? because we want to point out that God's love does not demand any woman share her husband. God loves us all, and his love is not demonstrated by polygamy. In fact, you can't find any place in the Bible where God has commanded any woman to share her husband or to live plural marriage. It's men who have commanded polygamy. It's not God. Also, if you or anyone that you know is in a polygamy situation and would like to escape safely, a Shield and Refuge ministry can help you get out safely. You can call them on a toll-free line and everything is held in strict confidence. The number is 877-425-9993 or you can go to their website shieldandrefuge.org for more information. And if you or anyone that you know wants to ask us any questions about our show or make any comments about a particular show, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is email at whatloveisthis.tv or you can call a telephone number for the show specifically, and that number is 385-240-2888. And now we're going to get into our third show on the the problems of polygamy that the Canadian court found. And to help us with that tonight is... Our returning guest host, Earl Erskine. Thanks for having me again, Doris. Thank you for coming it. back and finishing this up. This has been so fascinating. It is very interesting. It's from sad. From the study of the, uh, what the Canadian courts came up with and it's fascinating, and we hope that the the America, the people in America, and the justices and court, yeah. that, that they Pay do attention. study these things yeah. when they make decisions for America. Well documented. Yeah. In 2000, November of 2011, the Canadian-British uh, Columbia Supreme Court handed down a decision ruling that the ban that Canada has against polygamy is constitutional, that it is justified because the harms that polygamy causes to women and children um, is is not worth the the freedoms that polygamists think that they have to practice polygamy. There have been many academic and professional studies that were done to for the court case that took place in Canada, and those studies are priceless for gathering information on the real-life effects of polygamy in families and on individuals. And so using those professional studies as a launching pad, we are completing a three-part series now on this show, uh, the harms uh, that polygamy is to women, to children, and to men, and to society in general. Our discussion today is about the harms of polygamy on men and on society. And we want to begin again with the same quote that we have begun mm-hmm. with the past two shows uh, on a study that is done uh, that was done on polygamy. Yeah, a good summary here. Recent empirical research suggests that in virtually every respect, polygamy is socially detrimental to society in general, to men, to women, and to children. 
And so we're going to do tonight or today's show on the the polygamy's impact on men, yes. uh, which people don't really understand that it does hurt the males in polygamies, most of them anyway, and its its impact on society, its negative impact on society as well. Studies from the Canadian reference case brought out this particular observation. We quote. The sex ratio imbalance inherent in polygamy means that young men are forced out of polygamous communities to sustain the ability of senior men to accumulate more wives. These young men and boys often receive limited education as a result and must navigate their way outside their communities with few life skills and social support. And this is so true. Uh, many groups try to solve the problem of too many males uh, um, you know, so that they can have their plural wives, uh, which is a gender imbalance. And they try to solve that by excommunicating the young boys and the young men as they grow older, which, of course, reduces the competition for plural wives. Mm. This is a huge tragedy for the males. They're left alone. They're abandoned to make it on their own. They're often without money, without food, without clothing, without shelter, and without, of course, education. This by itself is abuse. And not only is it abuse by by the parents who have allowed the practice, but by society who allows the polygamy groups to continue to do this, and they're not held accountable for it. Joseph Henrik, a professor in the departments of psychology and economics in the University of British Columbia, contributed to the research of the Canadian case in determining if banning polygamy was constitutional. Joseph Henrik and his colleagues said this. In polygamous communities, unmarried, low-status males face high levels of competition for a wife and often with little hope of finding a marriage partner. With little hope for a future family, single males are more likely to turn toward drugs, drinking, and other antisocial behavior. Some will try for a violent overthrow of the established social order. These behaviors can be detrimental to society as a whole, including to other single men who are the most common victims of theft, violent assault, and murder. So it can be male against male yes. when this competition gets tough. Mormon polygamy follows the same pattern as mainstream Mormonism regarding patriarchy, male priesthood authority, and female inequality and subservience. Mormonism has no room for the equality of women in all aspects of their religion. In fact, a recent study has placed Utah in last place of all the other states in how each Equally, women are or are not treated in each state. Utah placed dead last. It's polygamy and Mormonism is based on the male superiority. Again, we quote. The basic structure of polygamy is authoritarian and secretive. The men believe they have the authority to govern and control their wives and children in the family relationship. This control can take extreme forms. The fathers in the polygamous group are figures to respect, but the mothers are only to be obeyed if they are in perfect harmony with the father. One woman from the Kingston group actually noted that her polygamist husband has every right and duty to discipline his wives right along with disciplining his children. This attitude is absolute subservient obedience to her husband and totally outside of God's will for woman in any marriage and does not reflect the way God wants wives to be treated. In polygamy communities, male violence is seen as a necessary 
carries strength. Dr. Beale noted this. It is quite common for mothers who have fled the polygamous relationship to report cases of extreme violence perpetrated on them and their children approved and sanctioned by the leaders. The patriarch uses violence to control children and wives. There are so many children to take care of and such limited resources. Physical punishment is a direct way to enforce rules and ensure obedience. A violent father is perceived as a strong father whose strength breeds control and authority. And this is so true in polygamy groups. The male power must persist. According to Dr. Beale's studies, anger is not seen as a weakness when it's used to exert and maintain the male's authority over women and children. The prophet is always male. He is always seen as ultimate and the supreme controller and the very mouthpiece of God. The dominant male controls when and to whom their children children will marry, where their children will work, how much education they receive, foods they can or cannot eat, and he can take the children's fathers or mothers away from them and reassign new parents at a whim. He can change anything at any time without the need of any explanation. Free expression is rarely allowed in polygamy groups. Boys grow up under the example of their fathers. Sexual abuse and lack of respect for females is epidemic in these groups because that's how male behavior has been modeled for the young boys. In some groups, the male receives the priesthood authority at age 12. At that time, he has all authority over any female alive. So, in his own immature mind, he can demand respect and subservience from any of them, and they have been conditioned to obey male authority without question, and this is the cause of much child sexual abuse, because Mm. that male at that age can force (laughs) his females to do anything. Polygamy groups are a caste system. The value of each member is assigned, and the leader assigns the value of the men. Every man has a favorite wife. She will be treated better than the others, and the husband will protect her from the other wives, and the same is true for the children. Families will more often with more value, often will have nicer homes and better education and better jobs. And the higher valued people do the least amount of work but enjoy the best blessings. Mm -hmm. People who are valued the lowest do the most difficult, unlikable jobs and are denied basic needs of life. This is not the way God has arranged things to be. In fact, this is what God says about favoritism. And he has a lot to say about it. Yes, there are several quotes here from Acts. And Romans and so on. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. From Romans, for God does not show favoritism. And Ephesians, there is no favoritism with him. And in James 2, we read, If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. So he told it like it was. Favoritism is a sinful way to be. If Mormon polygamists would use the same Bible to guide their behavior they would, uh, that they use to justify living polygamy, they would discover that treating all members equally is God's way of doing things. Unfortunately, favoritism remains a huge and unhealthy part of the entire Mormon culture. Dr. Beale writes further about the harms that polygamy groups can have on men. 
As a result, their capacity to think critically and act independently may be deficient. The magnitude of this problem can be seen in large numbers of young men becoming ostracized from the polygamous group to make room for their female peers to marry the chosen few men. And if they have also been physically abused or neglected, they may have medical problems and the residuals of psychological trauma. In trying to help these young men overcome the effects of their abuses and make a new life, the author has felt the mental, social, and emotional deficiencies they suffer are almost insurmountable. And you know, for some people, they are insurmountable. It actually uh, individual that way. So they've no, never known anything else as uh, young people. Mm -hmm. And when they get out in real society, it's a, it's, it's a real struggle. The harms of polygamy on society in general, we are specifically identifying Mormon polygamy groups as being harmful to the culture. Marcy Hamilton points out at least three specific harms from polygamy groups. First, harm to the equality of women, we quote. There is no other way to characterize it. Polygamy in the vast majority of its applications makes women subservient to men in every sphere of life. It is a matter of equality between the sexes. The cultures that institute and perpetuate polygamy are hostile toward women's freedom and independence. The second one is harm to children. Um, and we have a quote for that as well. In order to achieve the disproportion of men to women, they must increase the supply of women and decrease the supply of men. The FLDS accomplishes this by forcing adolescent and teenage girls to marry middle-aged men, pushing a segment of the teenage boys out of the community. Polygamy thus becomes a driving, becomes a driving force behind criminal child abandonment and statutory rape and felonious bigamy. It is a fact that any organization that seeks to give men as many women and children, and that creates a hierarchy of men according to how many women and children they accumulate, is to be driven to these measures. And the third is harm to society. And again, Marcy Hamilton um, talks about that as well. These organizations stunt women's capacity to fully realize their potential, depriving all of society of their talents. They financially cost society when one man cannot support all of the women and children under him, and therefore the inferior wives turn to public welfare. Society is responsible for the welfare of children, and when it permits these organizations to persist, it becomes a partner in the child abuse. It's obvious, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious that society would benefit by keeping polygamy illegal and to be proactive by investigating abuses and illegal aspects of each polygamy group. This is what the Supreme Court said in Utah. Yeah, the Utah Supreme Court detailed some of the harms associated with polygamy. The court explained that polygamy often co coincides with crimes targeting women and children, including incest, sexual assault, statutory rape, and failure to pay child support. All of these are professional studies that we're talking about here. More harms to society show up in the insurmountable obstacles that escapees face after they leave polygamy. Outside relationships are prohibited by polygamy groups. No dating with outsiders is allowed. Outside information is withheld and considered as a contamination to the members. Outside society is never a good thing for polygamy group members to be a part of. And of course, this 
this stifles the child's ability to relate properly to others and to everyday normal situations of life outside of the confinements of the polygamy environment. Secrecy is not a healthy lifestyle. It becomes and is an us versus them attitude and often develops into a superiority complex with members and a belief that the end always justifies the means. They explain their authority for illegal activities by claiming God commands it. And that's the answer to all of it, believe me. Children often become watchdogs to tell their parents or someone else in authority of the wrong that someone else has done, and this develops a paranoia and a superior attitude of one over the other. It pits one against the other and can cause a member to become a finger pointer, even making up lies about someone else to make themselves look better to an authoritarian figure. You can figure that one. Yeah. Often the polygamy group will monitor and watch, they watch the members by way of cameras, uh, hidden microphones, telephone tapping. A member will shadow other members and report what he sees them doing. This sounds a whole lot like East Germany, communism, Nazi Germany, you know, it's just a horrible thing that they do. As a result of these studies on polygamy in Canada, they suggested ways to eliminate polygamy. Prevention and education are what is most important, and they listed priorities to accomplish such a great task. By using Canada's model, we've made a list that applies to America, and we share some of them here. Again, this is not fully comprehensive. (laughs) But it's very good. It is. Ensure that girls, one thing is to ensure that girls receive a complete education, identical to that of boys, so that they all can have access to all professions, not just what the group leaders deems for each child. Another one is that there be no promotion of polygamy or racist characteristics in religious or other instructions. Another one is subsidies should be stopped to schools who promote polygamy and inequality between the sexes in any way. Another one is to provide adequate training to the social workers in communities from polygamous societies so they can recognize and understand the unique needs and problems of polygamy and that they can protect the rights of the women and children, especially those who escape or want to escape. This is not part of our society now. No. Not at all. To actively promote the rights of women and children and to prevent any increase of polygamous marriages beginning now. Do you want to repeat that? Yeah, actively <laughs> promote the rights of women and children and prevent any increase in polygamous marriages beginning now. Prevent any yeah. increase of polygamous marriages beginning now. To the, another way is to avoid an increase in the number of polygamous marriages. It is essential to take whatever steps are necessary to reach women and girls in communities where polygamy is accepted. Another one, not only must they be informed of their rights as citizens of the USA, including the right to refuse or leave a forced or polygamous marriage, they must also be offered the support they need to resist pressure from their group authority preventing polygamy and the violation of their rights. You know, that people will yeah, see this they, as an invasion of privacy, but yeah. that the abuses that women and children suffer need some kind of major invasion and they of don't something. apparently have a, or don't 
it doesn't sense you don't sense that they have a way of getting out that's right yeah. absolutely yeah. okay we have more by the way <laughs> on this list uh, the next one is a greater emphasis on education about the harmful effects of polygamy on women and this is the education we're talking about you yeah. know educate the women and the children the girls in these groups uh, and one of the educations I would say is educate them on the God does not require you to leave polygamy that's not Make in it this a religious list, but, one and mm -hmm. also uh, that they be more independent. Uh -huh. Since polygamy is often a matter of sincere or indoctrinated religious belief, a truly biblical understanding is essential to learn what God really taught about polygamy versus monogamy. And I think that is essential. It's very it important, important for them to know that because that's the bind they have. They do this, 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 and this because God said so. Yeah. And when they, when they do that, they know that they, they're hooked. It's hook, line, and sinker at that point. Another uh, point that that uh, we that they want to make is that it's essential to ensure the protection of women and children in polygamous families, not protection against outside forces, but protection from inside coercion and exploitation and patriarchy. It is critical that protection and adequate support be offered to those who are at risk. Make it more feasible for them to bring charges and to protect themselves from the abuses of the polygamous lifestyle. We need to find ways to reach the people who are at risk. And that is so, so important. It That's is tough, tough, but it's so important. And right now the legal system is against helping people get out of polygamy. Yeah. It's against it. it does, there's no help at all, or much help, I should say. And the last one is we need to provide support to all who want to leave the polygamous way of life. Legal support, social support, economic and educational proactive support for them. Now that's just a few. I'm sure we could add to that. Anyway, we're going to quote from part of the survey. The history of the Mormons reveals that the wives of a polygamist husband, even when married by force, shackled by a succession of pregnancies and reduced to the status of domestic slaves, nonetheless receive a form of security. For them, the idea of leaving their community is like jumping into a void with no safety net. The same difficulty affects women who are in a polygamous marriage that they wish they could leave. And if they knew they could leave and leave safely, maybe many of yeah. them would go. And that's, of course, what a Shield and Refuge does. We, we yeah. have offered that safety for years to anyone who wants to leave the polygamous community. Uh, now, because plural marriages do not apply for, uh, to, to, for legal marriage license, it's difficult at best to police polygamous marriages, and plural spouses will not accuse each other. <laughs> But because there are so many clear side effects of polygamous marriages, underage girls who are married to older men, young boys who are expelled from the group, children who are kept from receiving proper education, it is highly possible to know where yeah. these polygamy groups are at and where it's being practiced. There are plenty of red flags and pointers to polygamous families and polygamy groups. Some polygamy groups have standard dress guidelines. Others don't. Some allow their children to attend public schools. Some have their own private schools. These schools should be monitored on a regular basis. I hear people screaming on that. <laughs> but remember that those who have nothing to hide will hide nothing. 
allowing the authoritative and patriarchal men to continue to abuse without restraint gives the impression of approval from all government authorities. Polygamists continue to abuse the welfare system, yet they remain unchecked by civil authorities by refusing to address polygamy's negative ramifications and the abuses of women and children sends the message that state governments condone and become unwitting partners to this abuse and neglect. As a free society, we must ensure the freedom of the females of our society. After all, they are 50% of (laughs) Earth's population. And women are not second-class citizens as polygamy groups treat them. Women were never cursed by God, nor were they demoted as servants to men. Men have done this to women. God hasn't. And sadly, women continue to allow them to do it. And so we encourage all our polygamous viewers to stop following what men said God said. Even when your mothers or grandmothers say what God said, God has spoken for himself and we can all find out for ourselves what he did say. They use the Bible as their authority for polygamy. And so we urge you to use that same authority to grab a hold of your freedom from polygamy and freedom from the religious laws of mere men. And by the way, (laughs) polygamy is still illegal. And that is what confounds me. (laughs) It's still illegal, and yet we have to go through these discussions to to get people to understand it isn't right. Yeah, well, it's banned in Canada, and it's illegal in in Utah and in America. It's illegal. And the state constitution, again, says that polygamy will be forever prohibited. Yeah. And yet, here we are fighting to say, (laughs) why is polygamy still being allowed? Why is it just turned a blind eye? One thing I wanted to ask you about, um, knowing that these young men are forced out of the communities, when a a mother becomes pregnant, is is she hoping for a daughter, or is she hoping for a son, or does it matter? I I don't think it matters. I think it's individual. Um, I I know that, that, that... uh, if they have a daughter, then, of course, they're hoping that that daughter will be raised in the group sure. and become a plural wife, and that's a biggie for yeah. them. But but males can also be assets in the group until they become competition. Work, working and yeah, so working. on. If, they want, if they're willing to be drones, that, then they're, that, then they're that accepted. But whether they have, I, I haven't heard personally from women that say, oh, I want a boy because boys are more valuable or mm-hmm. girls are more valuable. I haven't heard that okay. attitude. I don't know. Um, I know that when a woman leaves and she has girls, they'll fight to keep the girls more than they will if she has sons. Okay. So anyway, thanks again for My joining pleasure. us. My pleasure. It goes very quickly, doesn't it? It goes fast. <laughs> you know, Jesus came to set us free, free from religion, free from works for salvation, free from sin and the power that men will use to control others. Jesus is our mediator with God. We are to follow and obey only Jesus. No man on this planet is God's personal mouthpiece. No one but Jesus has the authority to mediate our relationship with God. Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. 
I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. And it's in his hands that's the only safe place to be. So choose Jesus. And every other voice will fade into insignificant as you delight in following him alone. See you next time on Polygamy, What Love Is This? This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.